Hey ladies and guys, welcome to another episode of our Footy Fantasy Audio Podcast. The episode title which we gave it is the Upside Down League. The leagues in Europe generally right now, Upside Down. And introduce uh, my fellow co-host, Pucci. How's your week been, Pucci? Everything going okay? Yeah, it's been a great week. It's been alright. Uh, it was actually my birthday two days ago. Uh, Happy birthday. Thank you, thank you. I had a good time. 21 again? Turn 21 again? No, actually, I turned 10 again. 10 again. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's Man, good. Another 11 years before I'm legal. Okay. <laughs> that's good. Stay off, stay off the alcohol. Uh, till you get legal, okay? <laughs> 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 Producer Bulu here also. Um, Hello. The, the topics we'll be talking about is, apart from um, Cristiano Messi, they've taken most of the accolades, which, who has been the best player from the late 2010 till the end of this decade, because we are coming to the end of this decade in couple of weeks we'll talk about Leicester can they break into the top four top six you know we have other also runs of big pretenders you know we have the Wolves you have Ever- the Everton's we have the West Ham's still early days but we're going to talk about if Leicester or any other person then we'll do a top six you know health check and where they are do some relegation candidates and finally maybe if we have time we'll dart around the rest of Europe and just touch it real quick on what's going on there um we'll start with the uh, best player apart from Cristiano and Messi what do you think Bucci? who do you think I know there's been a lot of players what, what's your opinion about that oh wow 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 mm, it's actually very weird I <laughs> I don't have an answer for this question um I thought about it I was writing down names and I wrote down four names um and I have a reason for writing each of those four names, but there's no standard person to choose. Uh, kind of tells you how dominant those other four guys have been. Um, there's been no room to breed for any other person. Zlatan Ibrahimovic had a very, very good decade, especially in the first six, seven years of that decade. He was good. Uh, he won a couple of titles. He did well. Um, Lewandowski was very good. It was a very, you'd probably say it was the best striker in that period he scored a lot of good goals he was important internationally Aguero was to me the best player in the Premier League in the past in that decade he was the standout player he that was when he came into being from 2013 when he scored that goal that won the league he just you know stepped up 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 and kept climbing of course you would say he hasn't done too much in Europe but his performance has been good uh, in the past five years, since 2015, um, the best other player would be N'Golo Kante. N'Golo Kante has been such an, a, a refreshing player to watch. And when I mean refreshing, he's, he's playing in a position that doesn't get much accolades. And he's coming and been so consistent. He's gone into title-winning teams back to back to back. You know, won the Premier League in a small team. Stepped up to the big team. Pushed him to the title. Went to the French national team. He got that, he got that call up. Stepped up. Boom. Won the World Cup. So, it's one of those four for me. And um, if I do a process of elimination, I'll take out um, Zlatan because I would say Zlatan's best year would have been before 2010. That was when he was in his best form. Oh, sorry, when it's sorry, not his, the peak of his talent. The best form was after 2010, but the peak of his talent was before 2010. But he underachieved that period. Um, I think Zlatan in his 30s was the guy who managed himself well. And he did great things, but... I don't think that was peak Slatan. The next person I'll probably eliminate would be Aguero. I would take out Aguero because when I, if you ask me to juggle Aguero and Lewandowski, I'll take out Aguero. Um, Lewandowski and Aguero are very similar when you 
look at records. They have very similar scoring records. They've won very good titles at club level. But in Europe, Lewandowski has won the Champions League. He's been very close to winning the Champions League more often than Aguero has been. He's performed a lot for Bayern at those stages. He was close to winning it with Bayern Munich. Uh, not Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund. He went to Bayern Munich. He won it there. He was close to winning it a few times. And then internationally, you have to say that Lewandowski is more important for Poland and, and more deadly in Europe than you would say Aguero is, is considered in Argentina and in uh, South America. He has, <laughs> he's, has a better reputation in Europe as a striker in club football than as a striker in South America and international football. So I'll take that out. And that actually leaves me with Kante and um, Lewandowski. And um, looking over the past five seasons, 2014, 15, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and then 18, 19. Um, and of course, we're going into 1920 now and up to date. I would tell you, born blank, um, I think Kante has been the best other player apart from, apart from Ronaldo Messi. De Bruyne would come in in the past three years. De Bruyne would come in as one of the best players in the past three years, but for what he has done, from where he stepped from, from where he came from, for what he has achieved, and the consistency that boy has shown. I'm sorry, that man has shown. I would say N'Golo Kante is my best player of the of the decade. Okay. Yes. That's a, I mean, that's a good, a very strong shout. I mean, N'Golo Kante epitomizes consistency, for sure. Um, the ability to also influence other team members, you know, because of his consistency and the ability to cover out for multiple positions, playing as a CDM. Something he's even evolved in the last year or so, playing as a box to box, you know, midfielder, and still doing it very well. That's right. I agree. So I agree. That's a that's a very good shout. My own opinion is um, a controversial figure for sure. Is uh, Neymar Junior, and I say Neymar Junior because. He, apart from Ronaldo and Messi, he has consistently, even, and this I'm including, I'm throwing in his achievements when he was in Brazil. He has consistently been high performer when he was in Santos. He was winning titles, won the Copa Libertadores for them, uh, won the uh, tournament, I think, not back-to-back, but I think he won the uh, Brazilian tournament the year before, the year after winning Libertadores in 2011, came to La Liga. Won like three La Liga, three, one, two or three La Liga titles, if I remember. Won the Champions League. His goal scoring record is one, is literally one goal every two games during that period. Took uh, Brazil to two Olympic finals. Won one in 2016. Won the FIFA Confederations Cup for Brazil. I mean, this guy one was runner-up for a World Cup on the 20. Yeah, I, I personally think Neymar, even in... Um, PSG, he's been doing very well. This slight, this slight blight on his record is one. It's been his attitude problems he had recently and also injuries. More importantly, his injuries. As we are judging players based on what they do on the pitch. The injuries have really, really killed. He has played since 2017. He has played just 42 times for PSG. And how incredible his record is. In those 42 games, he has scored 38 goals. That's almost one goal a game for someone who is not their number nine. I mean, that's, that's incredible. That's incredible. <laughs> that's incredible that's, record. That's a lot of... So I, I've always felt like he's the only one whose peak, the peak of his performance gets anywhere maybe in the same stratosphere that you can even think of the Cristianos and Messi. He's okay. not as, definitely not as good as them for sure. But anybody that you can even say, okay, come, that comes next is Neymar. That's, that's why my choice. Because he has consistently done it for club, for country, regardless of team, regardless of team dynamics. He's consistently carried a lot of pressure on his back. Unlike what people like to look at, he's not really a leader. I've always looked at Neymar as somebody who has consistently carried pressure on his back and dragged this team a lot of times. Yes, 
sometimes he has some theatrics. He died, you know, he dies. Some some people will call him, if you ask some people, they'll call him a diva. Some people will say, you know, his attitude problem, which is well documented, you know, all the well, having the altercation, altercation with the fan and all of that. So I my own I would go to Neymar. That's what I think. But I think um Neymar's issues of the page and his transfers um cloud his career they follow him like uh like flies on on a tail on you know a tailless cow he um his move to brazil uh, barcelona seems to have been a mood made, made a move made in heaven and we can't explain why he left i don't understand um sometimes i understand the whole thing about being under the shadow of messi but um that move leaving barcelona because when going to barcelona First was a very controversial move in the sense that it turned out to be a move that put the club in trouble. Then he left in a very acrimonious way, and then now he has acrimonious problems. He's having, you know, he's in acrimony with, with PSG. So you get that kind of situation where you have, um, um, you know, a player who's very unpopular. So he's, yep. it affects how people rate him. But I would agree, Nima has been a very, a very, very consistent player. That for when he's played and when he's in form. And you have to take the injuries into consideration because he's had serious injuries that take a long time to get back from and then yeah. you have to build from. And, you know, I know that if you have a back injury, it takes a long time to heal. And that boy worked very hard to come back from a spinal injury and played very well. So, yeah, I, I understand. Um, I think Nima, another problem with Nima has is that people expect a lot more from him. They look at him as a nat- as a natural successor to Messi and Ronaldo, the guy who should be stepping up. And he hasn't stepped in there yet. He's still bubbling on them. You know, you can keep bubbling for too long before people get tired of you bubbling on that. So they move on to the next one. So, you know, basically you can't be potential forever. They, what people might be looking at and going, has has he gotten to his peak? Is he ever going to get better? If he doesn't get better, then he's not really that guy, you know? So that might be what it is that it's, I think it's time for Nima to step up wherever he is, whatever. If, if he's not leaving PSG, then he has to step up and deliver, you know, this season and stop. Um, whining. If he doesn't, if he gets injured again, it'll be very unfortunate. I really hope he stays fit this season. Um, there are many, there are many guys. The more I think about it, there are many guys. Yeah. And, uh, right. It's, you know, it's always going to be subjective and somebody will be disrespected. Somebody will be disrespected always whenever we make this things because like I thought about it and I said, for the for what De Bruyne has done over the past few years, De Bruyne deserves to be in a shout. But if De Bruyne deserves to be, it should be the shout. So does Ozil because for about three years, Ozil was probably the most beautiful footballer on this planet as a central midfielder. and attacking midfielder. You know, he won a walk up for Germany by doing very well. He, you know, at that period, he was very, good so yeah um, there are so many people you can think of yeah so le- le- let me throw in a wide card because mm-hmm. you guys mentioned strikers and mm-hmm. midfielders i think one person um sergio ramos mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. if you look at the guy's mm-hmm. record he's played god knows how long for real madrid he's yeah. played for spain correct he has his moment but there is a consistency that you have with him that he always brings to whatever team he's playing for, whether he's playing for Spain, yes. whether he's playing for um, Real Madrid. So I think that's one person that for me, if I were to pick, that's probably one person that I would stick out because if you look at the last 10 years, there is no particular year you could say, oh, he had a bad year per se. I mean, he did well. Of course, soccer is a 
same spot. But right. has he even had bad form? It, it's hard to say he's had bad form. Maybe, you know, he's had some like crazy yeah. moments, like red cards and stuff. Last year, yeah, yeah when they were struggling. When, yeah, but not too. It's extended. never. It's not never extended. And um, you know, you, I gotta give it to him because when it comes to a natural defender, you know, uh, I've seen a lot of great defenders in my time, and no one. And also, he came from playing right back yeah. to becoming yeah, the centre back. You, you read my mind because that's what I was going to say. That so that's that's impressive. There's nobody that has come close to playing football like Maldini did. You know the way uh, Maldini did play football, where he dominated centre back. He dominated the you know everything he was doing centre back, left, left back, back, tackling, marking the guy out of the game, go up and score. You put a young fast guy and think this old guy playing left back will handle him, and he handled him like. Zayo Ramos kind of reminds me of him, and I think he's about as he's in that class. He's in that class, you know, the John Terry's, the Rio Ferdinand, the Nestas, uh, Cannavaro's. You know, he's in that class. And yes, I just think yes, maybe just because yes, of the way maybe yes. he carries himself, people don't really look at him like that kind of a player. I, you know, he commits like maybe some oh yeah, really he's, silly fouls. He's nasty. He's but nasty. when you really look at what he's done, it's yeah, like he's body of work. Yes, he's 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 the best defender of the of that period. He's the best defender in that period. Bam! Like there's no even argument. I can't think of anybody to slot in. He's the best. It's that clear. That's how good he was. And yeah, he's he's, he's been a dominant player. I, I like him. I I really respect him. And it's contributed on both ends, which is kind of yeah. Right. Both ends of the pitch. Now that's the other part of it. Like when I said Maldini, that thing that I, you know I Maldini is Maldini is. I don't know. I have this. Nostalgia about Maldini. When I remember Maldini, I was like, oh my God, I feel like crying. I was tears of joy watching that guy play. Because that was that guy that would, like I said, dominate a game. And sometimes he dominate a game by just killing that guy, that defend, that, that striker, just killing him. He's not doing anything. Correct. But this guy too would do this and then step up and go and score. Like, there was a time when he'd be like, corner kick is a penalty for this guy. And this guy also takes. Penalty kicks and, you know, like you said, consistent. He's done the highest. He just yesterday or on Friday, he became the most capped player in Spanish, Spanish history. history. Yep. Yeah, so he and he's in the top 10 of the scorers for Spain. Though, of course, I keep saying that that's a bit exaggerated because my favorite defender, of, my favorite Spanish defender of all time, and I have to put this because this is just a personal thing there. I like Hierro, and Hierro is the highest goals defend, scoring defender in Spanish history. That's my, you know, favorite Spanish defender. So I had to put that there so that I can calm some of those said Jorge Ramos stands out there because I, <laughs> I know Jorge. Jorge is one, and <laughs> but you know, I like I like Sergio's performances. It's good. It's good. Okay. So, mm. uh, now back to the English Premier League. Uh, talk about Leicester City. Uh, and, if they can break into the top four, top six this season, they they be looking good. What do you think, Pucci, about Leicester? Oh, good manager, good players, good manager, good players. Are you doing an advert? <laughs> <laughs> good I mean, thinking, sorry. Good thinking, good product. <laughs> good manager. Good, like, good manager. I just, I, yeah, like, <laughs> I just gotta give it to them. You know, you gotta give it to someone. Sometimes when. Uh, you know, when Brendan Rodgers in Liverpool, people thought it was a fluke. Like, ah, character. Like, they mocked that guy, especially when he didn't win. They thought he, they, they thought the team lost because of him. That was the whole idea. That was there was something there. And it was possible because he was a young guy. You know, that was like his, his main first big job. And he went to Celtic, did a few things there. And he came back to Leicester. And this is coming. Leicester's been doing well. You know, if you go back and look at 
the teams, uh, you know, all the teams. Just uh, facts, you know. I like to drop some facts yeah. for the fans out there that like to chat, <laughs> chat shit, you know. Yeah. I, I call it chat shit, get facts. <laughs> since Bernard just has come to the EPL, Leicester like, City have won since Bernard yeah. started, they've won the most games. Really? And they've won as much. They've won as much. Sorry, they, they are the team that's won the most games apart, apart from Liverpool from and City. Liverpool and City. Yes, wow. yes that's like, it. I, I won knew the most that. Games. I knew that. I checked that, and that is true. Yeah, number three in yes. game, games won points. Yes. Points accumulated. Yes, apart from Liverpool and City. That's it's done better than. That's crazy. It's done better than Pochettino. It's done better than Emery. Not Emery. It's done better than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. He's yeah. done, he did better than uh, Jose when he was there. Correct. Name everybody. Only Klopp. Ozzy was fired though. Ozzy was fired before Rogers came back. Oh, Rogers came back in January, right? Yes. That's right. Yeah, Rogers came back in January. January, that's right. He came back in January. And he's done better than everybody in that period. And he's, he's done it on every end. And when I mean done it on every end, he's done. The team has improved defensively. They're very solid. You know, he had players there, but he also lost players. So he he kept that defensive stability. He improved the team going forward. They're actually very dangerous now. And then some young players that were stars that could have left, he kept them. You know, the Hawks were hovering around um, Leicester. And they could only pick up Maguire, and which to me is credit to the manager because Madison could have left. Ndidi could have gone. You know, Vardy could have left many times. None of them left. And then Tillemans, who I thought was not going to stay, who everybody thought was, for example, was going to go to Manchester United because he was being linked to Manchester United and he was like a fan of Manchester United. And it looked like he wanted to go because why I said that was that deal going to Leicester took time. It didn't get sealed immediately. It took about a month. His agent came out and yeah. said it. Yeah, that he's interested. Yeah, yeah, he was in interested. So, so he, was, he was yeah. interested, and they still managed to get him. And then the team is doing well. I'll tell you, Madison is one of the players of the season to me. He's done that well. Didi has the highest tackles this season. Statistically, they have been a very good team. He's just continuing yes. the last season. Yes, yes. Um, I think if the funk of the other teams continue and Tottenham, Manchester United, especially then the funk already, Arsenal and with their yo-yo, we're looking at Leicester getting to the top four because even Chelsea, they're not solid. They haven't, they've shown us promise, but they haven't shown us much better than Leicester has. So I would even say at this moment, Leicester to me at a third position. The way they're looking right now, but you know we know it's a long season. Correct. Yeah, but at the moment they look good, and I'm telling you this with confidence. You know, I mean, I, I'm predicting Leicester in the top six. I pre- I, I'm saying Leicester will be fifth. Yeah, I, that's my prediction. They'll be fifth. Do you think there's any other person you know who might break the top six apart from the our top six? Um, who else? Because you know we have this league. League is crazy right now. We have people like I think United like, will. West Ham. United will struggle to get into the top six, so they, they might come out of it, okay. giving space to somebody else. I don't think West Ham has the consistency to break into the top six. West Ham is a yo-yo team too. Okay. They don't perform consistently against the small teams. The bigger teams, they seem to step up and play well. And um, so that for me is not... I think I, I prefer Crystal Palace's form to, uh, West, Ham. to West Ham. Okay. Because Crystal Palace... They've been solid. <clears throat> they struggled to score goals, but they've been solid. And they've been solid in almost all their games. Wolves, Wolves have started that thing again where they're also yo-yo. They beat a top team or they draw, get a good result against top team, go and play rubbish against a, a team that is smaller. So that might also be Wolves' problem. Wolves, 
might get into the top six, but I, I honestly do not see two top six teams dropping out of the top six. The top six are still solid, despite okay. the troubles they're having. All Tottenham needs to do is just get a little slap in the face. If Manchester United beats Liverpool, which would be hard, which is, so at this moment, looking almost impossible, but that is a impossible game you can't predict. Again, you cannot predict. So if they beat Liverpool, they're back. You know, they're going from being very close to... That's how tight the league is right now. Correct. To being in the top 10. So, uh, only Leicester City. Leicester City are the team that are looking so solid to get it. But my question is, do they have the depth in their squad? Because that's... Especially if they're still in, like, all these other... Competition. You know, competition. Because when they won the league uh, however many years ago, what killed them the next season was they didn't have the depth to handle Europe. Europe. Well, they're not in Europe. That's the no, but that's what I'm saying. It's, even though they're not in Europe, they I mean, there are other competitions. They're playing, you know, um, yeah, cup competitions. If you're in, like, two or three competitions, you can't play the same, your, your best squad in all those games because they're going to get burnt out. Correct. So you have to have the depth to make something happen. Especially if you're really trying to make a stance for yourself. Except they've made up their mind to say, okay, look, we're just really focusing on EPL. If we do well in the Cups, fine. If we don't, whatever. But I think for the Carlin, for the Capital One Cup uh, or Carabao Cup, that's what it's called. Huh? Just call it the League Cup. The League Cup. <laughs> <laughs> so, so many names. Yeah, I don't remember what it is So many anymore. names. I think for the League Cup, what they are probably going to do is they'll take out their key players and they have People that can come in and do a job, you know, the Albrighton can come in to play for like Tillemans and Madison. I use the Perez can come in that he got. I use the Perez got even. What's the name of that Egyptian guy with the hair? The hairy Egyptian man. Yeah, he can come in and play yeah. for um, Chowdhury. He Chowdhury. can come in and play yeah, for Chowdhury. for Indy. Yeah. I know they have a solid midfield that depth because they like you know uh, Madison Tillemans. Did he have? Then they have Chowdhury. Albrighton outside. Yeah, yeah. They have, and then they have that kid. I forgot his name. Harrison Barnes. They have yeah, Barnes kid. Yeah. They have. Um, yeah. Iose like, Perez. That's where they yeah. just got from yeah. Newcastle. Newcastle. That's so they have people that can come in and do a job. They have a few. Okay. I know yeah. because I think the key to them is those three key guys: Matt, the Madison, um, Didi, Madison, Indidi, Vardy. Those are yeah. the three most important yeah. players yeah. to that to that team. If you can keep those guys, you know, fresh. I would say four. I would say you have to. Uh, always put down Casper in there. Casper is very big. Okay. Casper is very big. Casper yeah. is to me is the second captain. He, he, he is there's something about his form too that you know he f- seems to fit into their form and they fit into him. Like, is he their like, captain? I, I don't know if he's their I captain. Think he's their captain. Yeah, he's he, okay, their captain. Okay, yeah. Morgan is no longer there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So he's not yeah. he's listed. Well Morgan. Yeah. Well, maybe Morgan. he's not playing. Oh I guess when he, when they play, let me say yeah. that. When they play, Casper is as smart is their captain. Yeah. Well, Morgan doesn't play anymore. Okay. He plays maybe Kali, that, that's okay. what he plays. He doesn't play first team game anymore. Oh, so they're just keeping him for moral support? Is it? I said they're uh, keeping clapping, oh. clapping society. That's mm. what <laughs> From the bench, okay. Mm. So you say just Leicester. Yeah, I mean, I think so too. When I, when I think of my opinion, I think just Leicester City, well, they're fourth right now. They scored 14 goals. They considered seven. They're very, they're, they're one of the best defense in the league. The only, the only team that's considered less goals than they have is Liverpool on six. So, I mean... Hey, they, they tick all the boxes right now. They, the only other team I say maybe, maybe, like, is, I was going to say maybe West Ham, but yeah, you say they're a yo-yo team too. They can't, West Ham can't be trusted that much to to last that long, in my opinion. So, um, since we've kind of talked about um, that, now staying with the Premiership, we'll do a quick health check. So, let's do it in, in bunches. I think that would be a quick way to just go around. Okay. It. So, Liverpool, Man City. 
<laughs> is the is it is it time to call Liverpool champions, Bucci? <laughs> <laughs> Coming from United fans. Can can Liverpool oh, champions? Why you guys always do this to me? Why you always gonna do like Especially when we think back, you know, if we want to do like a quick I wish there's a way we could do a playback. You know, you know uh, there's a way we could do a playback to the podcast from our first episode where we all of us literally said, Oh, it was going to be cities to lose. Yeah. You know, now <laughs> it looks like <laughs> right not, now. Not, although it's still, early, it's still early days, to be fair. It's I'm not even bothered about that. It's early days. No, no, no. I'm not I'm not bothered. I'm not I'm not saying I, what I want to say. What I'm just saying me is having to sit down here and look at in my, in my own, with all due respect to Liverpool and their fans, but it's like watching, you know, have this beautiful porch. The sun is out, the weather is great, but there's this tree that they planted and it's blocking out the view. That's what Liverpool are like, you know, watching them top the table, that's what it feels like, you know. But I still got to give them props. They look unstoppable right now. They look like, what? Like, huh? They should have lost games. They should have drawn games at least. And they're coming out with last minute wins, blah, blah, blah. So, like, they look like champions. They're running like champions. But this is football, you know. This is football. They were leading by eight points in January or seven points in January. Point, yeah. Liverpool, um, at beginning of this time last season, City were in this form. Liverpool were not. Correct. Beginning of the season, City were actually running away as well. I think at a point it was like seven points. They dropped from that seven point or five points ahead of everybody else. Became seven points behind uh, or ten points behind Liverpool, though they had a match again behind. behind. Correct. Then it became seven points and then City still overtook them. So, man, I'm going to say this. Um... Still early days. Still early. And then sometimes what happens in football is that you get out on top like this and they start crowning you champions and then you chill. Once you chill, people come for the kill. And then this is this is professional sports. When you're wounded, these guys are professional killers. They will come in. They won't, they, you know, like at right now, everybody's watching. They're all afraid, but they're all waiting for Liverpool to make a mistake and they all pounce. So it's a long season and um, the Premier League does not give you championships. The last time I saw a team stroll to the championship was in 2001. That's the last time I saw a team stroll to the Premier League championship. It doesn't happen. You will walk for it. They will pound you. So this is what's going to happen to Liverpool and they better expect it. People are going to start kicking their players. People are going to start well, fighting City. their players. You don't think City strode to it in 2018? That first one? They strode to it, in my opinion. Last year? No, the year before. When they won 18 straight games, they strode to that title. Yeah, they did, actually. That's true. Because they were 18 points ahead of, yeah, of yeah, Manchester they, United they, by, they, like, February or March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they strode to that title. But I think, dude, in my opinion. Dude, in 2001, Manchester United, United won the league in 2001 by 18 points. But they could have been crowned champions in December. That's how bad it was in 2001. They won the league by 18 points. But by the last three months of the league, they were not... That was the period they were trying to win the Champions League by all means. They just took off their eyes and were trying to win the Champions League. That's how bad it was. Okay. You know, because I remember Sheringham at a point had scored almost 20 goals in December. And, the, you know, and that was when scoring 20 goals was massive. Correct. But you're right, actually. I've kind of like, you know, forgot that was also historic. So then, but um, you can see um, what I'm trying to say is that I'm not trying to say that they will not do it. 
Okay. I'm not trying to say that they will not um, win the league. Win the league. But if they've, if Liverpool fans have had their hearts in their mouths for the p- past few weeks when the games have been closed, it hasn't started yet. If they think, you know, because I've, 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 I've watched some games, you know, and I've seen the closed games. The Sheffield and, one. Yeah, the Sheffield one. And the, the Leicester, Leicester one. Game, you know, and last minute goal. And that's last the reason minute. for me why I don't think they'll take it because when Man City won, like, no, Massey had a lot of one, 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 like, it's something in the games too. But the thing was, the way they played, you knew, like, it, it was, it was like, it was just a matter of when are they going to score, kind of a thing. But Liverpool, Liverpool is like, yeah, you know they can score, but you're not, like, if I were to put my money on it, I'll put, even, even this season, I'm not a, gambling guy or betting guy but when you watch City play and you watch Liverpool play you almost know like City can do something Liverpool some games is almost like man you they don't know they, they struggled against Leicester and Sheffield they, just two games like yeah, I said they struggled yeah. they struggled really they did struggle if Sheffield yes, were yes, just a yes, little bit more yes, clinical yes, yes. and that keeper to have been the series yes, I, I, Sheffield I, I don't actually that's what I'm saying that those were half a mile games. Correct. You know, and, uh, and the thing with yeah. City is when City has a bad game everybody knows City has a bad game yeah. it's not like you know, you okay, you know something is off. Like, but, okay, something is not clicking today. But, you know, talking about City, that's the other part of it when we're talking about should we crown Liverpool is City have been poor. Correct. Yeah. To be very honest, they've been poor. Defensively, yeah. You know, they've been poor. They've, you know, like, forget about defensively, first of all. Let, uh, Norwich City played City out of the park. That's true. They literally played, the, like, it wasn't, Norwich City kept the ball down and passed it and passed through that midfield with confidence and, you know, like, and I thought this was it. I saw another team in the Champions League do it. Okay. You know, they kept, kept the ball and played. And so I think maybe people are super, I don't know, we're afraid of them. Or maybe they've also gotten overconfident because they haven't looked as... I'm not saying that they're not uh, scary team. I'm scared of them. Okay. But they haven't looked as scary as they have. But look at this. Mm-hmm. Even with all that, they've scored 27 goals and only considered nine. As opposed uh, to no, Liverpool no, no. considering six. So even with them playing... You know, yeah, not, yeah, not at their best. They've only considered three more goals than wow. Liverpool and scored seven <laughs> more goals. So imagine when everything clicks for them. Yeah. Analytically, this and is that's what the I scary see. thing for me. Analytically, this is what I see. I believe the Liverpool current Liverpool team is overachieving. Correct. I believe that they're getting more points than they should have. They I have agree. more points than they should have right now. I agree. And the Liverpool, the Manchester team are about where they should be, but they can be better. So what I'm trying to say is that Liverpool are not in their best form. They can actually also be better. Yeah. Which is where it therefore makes it hard for me to predict because if Liverpool were at their top form and getting better form ourselves, they're getting from um, they get they're winning from lock only. They're not playing well. Um, they're playing well, but they're winning from lock. So they don't have. They've already picked. They don't have much room for improvement. Okay. Right. But the problem is that Liverpool actually has room for improvement. We know they can play better than this. They, we Absolutely. know they haven't hit top form. That's so true. if they hit top form, won't they get better? So their defenders haven't hit top form. Their top keeper is out. Salah has is up and down. Mane yeah. is the only one that's really, really in good form. Correct. Firmino has is in is you know has been injured. He hasn't been fully fit. Yeah. So Liverpool actually haven't been that great with the lucky. So what if they get good? Same thing goes with Man City because I know Man City are a team that can win their next twenty games. Yeah. So that's true. So just I, to wrap up, so that we can jump to the mm, other two, two yes. teams. Uh, my opinion, real quick. I think City are not, and I think I've looked at the stats. They are not keeping possession as well as they were doing last season. I think David Silva, Gundogan have dropped has dropped off like twenty percent age. You know, age possibly uh, fatigue. I don't know what it is. Both two guys have dropped off, so they are not keeping the ball as good as it is, and they are very very 
They are now more dependent on um, Kevin De Bruyne. Kissing factor. And the last, the two games they've lost this season. Kevin De Bruyne didn't start the first one against Norwich. He came from the bench and he didn't even play it at all against Wolves. So that in there tells me that that tells me something. And those two games, at the only two games, I've seen them struggle. The, the, even the game they drew against Spurs, they didn't struggle in that game. Spurs were just lucky. Mm-hmm. They battered Spurs. We yeah, all know that. Yeah, they battered yeah, them. They did. Yeah. Yes. They but did, they those did. two games, they struggled to create. And that's anytime you see a City team struggle to create, struggle to keep the ball, struggle to be able to do their tactical fouls, where they keep the ball, and the minute you win, they, they foul you. Once they struggle to do those things, yeah, they, they struggle. So let's jump real quick to Arsenal Chelsea. Uchi, what do you think uh, <laughs> quickly about Arsenal Chelsea? Yo, yo, Arsenal. Yo, 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 yo. I, I don't know what to say about Arsenal. I mean, um, Emery is disappointing me. I thought it was better. I expect better from Unai Emery. I, I, I think he should have built a team already. He should know what his best... At this stage, you know what his best team is. You know what the strength of his team is. You know Correct. what he's playing. He's thinkers too much. He plays with too many formations. He, take he takes too many silly risks. Like, how can you be playing high line and you don't have the fastest of defenders and you keep playing it? How can you be in a game play high line against Liverpool? There's so many things the guy does and I go, okay, man, guy, what's up? And then the next game he does it, he comes and does something so tactically great. And But I got to give him props at the same time too. He's dead. So, he's dead. Despite all the... Despite <laughs> this team all the so, Yeah, he's still not looking dead. so good. So... I call them yo-yo Arsenal. So four wins, three draws, yeah, those, one loss. Those three draws could easily have been losses. They could have easily been wins. That's how Correct. they've been. That's why they're yo-yo. And I those, agree. some of those four losses could have also been four wins. Four wins could have also been. There was one game where they should have been losing, and then they, they Aston Villa. They, Aston Villa. They won the last. So and then this guy came in and won, got a draw from there, where they should have lost against Spurs. Uh, not Spurs. Uh, the last game, the last game, Bamian scored to equalize. I forgot the game, but there was a game he came off the bench to score to equalize recently. It might have been their last game or, or scored a winning goal. Um, let me check the game. Uh, it, it, uh, and then oh, Bournemouth against Bournemouth. Bournemouth. No, it was David Luiz that scored header. Yeah, David Luiz scored header, but uh, the game before that, this that guy, was against us. That, that was against yes, us. That was against, yeah. Um, Oh yeah, hit the offside. Well, it wasn't no, it offside. Wasn't offside. Yeah, it, it wasn't offside. offside. There was a game also like that. There have been a few games where Birmingham has come out, rescued them from the back. Correct. Um, what I think about Chelsea is that that squad is looking good, but there's many learners on the ball, so they're all getting by experience. But you got to throw keys in the deep end to teach them, so they're learning, which is good for them. But they will they might pay for the inexperience of their coach and the inexperience of their players. But then at the same time, like I keep saying, kids are fearless. The manager is also fearless. I respect him for a lot of um uh, like we talked about this on the podcast before. Yeah, and he has established his style. He's not afraid to play, and he plays. And he might not reap the fruits now, but if Chelsea keeps faith with him, I think Frank Lampard will be a top manager in the next two to three years, and Chelsea will be a formidable team. But for this season, they are also almost like Arsenal. They're also yo-yo. One good performance, another bad one. But theirs is understandable. Young manager, young players. Um, so you think both of them? Do you think both of them to I, wrap up? Do you think both of them will finish top four? I think at the moment I would say of all the you know apart from the traditional top two now yeah. which is Liverpool and Fancy we call them traditional top yeah. two now uh, that, that that's hurts. very painful to say but it's <laughs> the truth traditional <laughs> yeah the they are the they are the healthiest of the other four teams so they're the the ones I think would least likely drop out of top four okay 
Um, like I said before, I think Leicester will be sixth, and I think Tottenham will be sixth. But Tottenham could also continue to fall. We don't know, and um, because we don't know what the problem is with Tottenham yet. Yeah, we'll yeah. come Tottenham. Let me give my quick mm-hmm. um, okay opinions. Arsenal, just to wrap up. Yeah, I think I agree with your opinions. Mm-hmm. Think that's too much. Still doesn't have a set first eleven or style of play. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my negative positives. At least he's playing the youth. He's playing those kids. Saka in a big game. He's playing him. He could have easily tried to, you know, play somebody else because they have depth. He play, he's playing him. He's playing Martinelli. He's playing all these kids and they're doing, they're doing well in the in the cup games, you know, and in Europa. So they're getting experience. So that, that I give him to him. I, I think um, Arsenal will finish top four just because it might be, it's still too early, but from what I'm seeing, right, I think they'll finish top four just because other team that could challenge them for it um, are, in a, are in a flux right now and also they just have a lot of goals in them and I believe this is a league of goals that's been that way for years the teams that typically finish in the top four typically apart from some odd you know here and there years the team that usually score the most goals so it's a it's a it's a goal it's a it's a year of goals and yeah. that's that's beautiful for Arsenal for Chelsea yeah I, I'm very impressed with Lampard has done you know trusting the kids although there's a caveat about the fact that these kids have been winning right that's very important. They will be winners at youth level, FA Youth Cup, and there's something right. about winning that gives you that confidence, ability yeah, to keep. and that confidence to yeah. know, you know, I can I, do it. And you know, I took, mm-hmm. I, I got this from a friend of the show when we were chatting yesterday, me and um, Choco. The fact that what winning gives you is it lets you know when to, you know, change things when things are not going right because you've done it before in the past. That okay, these are the things you did that are not going right, and also to do uh, things. When you are when you are winning, talking about uh, Chelsea, I'm very impressed with Lampard. What he's done with that squad, he has imprinted the style of play straight away. Um, he's trusted the youth. But one thing I was, I was going to say about the youth, like I said, is the fact that those youth players, with them having that winning mentality when they're winning as youth team, it has given them that ability to understand when things are not going right for them and what to trust and what not to change, and also just believing, giving, just believing and being fearless. And keeping up so that's one thing that's impressed me about Lampard for sure so far it's still a long season I think they can finish top four I think the true test of that team will come December January period when the games come thick and fast especially when they are going to the last round of the Champions League knockouts to the league games that are coming every three games then FA Cup's kick up how is going to manage that schedule with those set of players if breaking their rhythm because I don't know how he can keep playing there if taking them out of the game and play people like Kovacic and Giroud, just got to get more. How that dynamic is going to work? So that's what I think. Talking, like, let's go to uh, uh, Tottenham and um, Manchester United. <laughs> <I'm> both rubbish. <laughs> wow. <I'm> both rubbish. <laughs> wow. Rubbish. What a wow You can't, you, I mean, you got to call it like it is. I think the Champions League form covered some of this thing. So like, it was like a rapper that was used to cover um, Tottenham's draws because their draws was in the open, but we're not actually seeing <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You know, like um, when you when you go out sometimes to show up and you're wearing very tight pants and you bend over and the thing reach over, you just grab one towel from the side and just cover it and then you're walking. So people don't really know the real embarrassment. People are laughing at you tying that towel, no understanding that they saw what was really happening. We was. I think that's really what's going on with Tottenham where... Yeah. We did not know it was this bad. Oh, my God. You know, like, statistically, this guy is performing worse than Ole Gunnar Socha, and Ole Gunnar Socha is really, really performing badly. Correct. These two teams are in relegation form. That's how bad it is. One point something points a game. Yeah. So what, what is Tottenham's issue? Is it the lack of the fact that not this past 
off season, but the season before didn't. Um, I don't. I don't think it's that like, because they don't have. I don't think they have a bad squad per se. They have a decent squad to be able to do something. Are so, the, so what? What, what is really going on? Are the rumors true? Is it? Is, is that? Is it possible that thing is true? Or rumors? rumors? The rumors about the squad. Is something? Some infidelity? Is that true? Is there something going on in the squad? I mean, if. Gigs and uh, Terry could have done it. I don't put anything past anybody. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm putting it past. I'm just saying that I, they both come out and deny it. They have to it, take yes. their word for it. But I, could it be true? I mean, I expect because them to come out, come out and deny something no, like that because always. that's a big... Oh, not always. The time it happened, former players, they, when Bridget come out and deny it. Nobody came out and deny it. The people that <laughs> were denying it were the guilty ones. Yes. It was the guilty ones. The people that were... Other people, everybody just... Just kept quiet, you know. Um, so I think that denials are very strong. I respect that, and I, I agree with those kind of denials. But then at the same time, I think there are some other issues going on. I think the manager is. Um, I think the manager has lost it. When I mean lost it, I mean I don't mean lost the squad or lost. It. I think he's. I think he's tired. That's what I think. Is he tired for the lack of not getting the kind of it support might, he might wants be, from the owners? It, it might be. It might be the. It might also be the kind of thing where he feels is is. I think if there was somebody that also needed that victory, the junior was Pochettino um, uh, needed it as much as club did. Correct. Um, Pochettino is not going to make sports any better than they are. It's going to be very very hard. He has taken them to the top where he. I think that was a chance to crown it for them, and that was it. Without serious investment, without something drastic happening, what what something has to give in sports? Yep. And what is it? So maybe he's beginning to find that out. Because sometimes what happens to some of us, I, if you notice it, that's why sometimes a team, a very good team that comes second, people are going over the next season, they're going to do very well. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes some teams use that, we almost got there and use it to support themselves on to do well. Right, some people say, oh, God, that was our chance. We're not getting there again. Especially when some people actually can feel that that was really their chance. So maybe what's happened is that coming into the season, this guy's like, oh, God, I got to do this again. You know, maybe, you know, like he's getting into the season. He hasn't, the season hasn't really started and it looks like the form is going to be terrible. And he's okay. going, oh, God, I'm going to do this again. Maybe he's just... Because the vibes I get from Pochettino, it makes me feel like he's not really in there again. Um, they're gonna switch as like a baby swimming in the deep and he needs help. He needs help. He needs so we switch to Manchester United, huh? Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm talking about switch. both of them okay. because, like I said, I call, I put them both in a bunch. The same, yeah. in a bunch. Okay. He needs a life, you know, raft. He needs somebody to throw him something. He needs something <laughs> like you know, like you know, throw this dog a bone because when this guy needs help, he needs help. Uh, the same kind of thing that's happening in Tottenham. When things are going bad, they get bad. Uh, there's a law called Murphy's Law. Okay. Right. It's it's very popular in Ireland because Murphy is an Irishman. Ah, okay. Yeah. And um, Irish people kind of have that thing they say that they call it the lock of the Irish. The lock of the Irish, which, which is actually the Murphy's Law kind of thing, is that if things will go bad, it will go bad. So if you are an Irishman and you think things are going to go bad, run away. It will go bad. Like, basically, I think... When you get into a funk, you get a lock of the Irish. It has started happening to sports and it's happening to Olegona Solskjaer. Yeah. Things that could have gone this way six months ago for him are going the other way. The things that, you know, penalty calls, penalty misses, um, the knives that are out, his calls that he would have made and they would have looked good and looking all terrible. Yes, there are a lot of things he has done really. You can write the analytics and say he's done this, he's been, but the players he bought are good. 
Oh, you know, he used them well. He's using youngsters. The youngsters that, that he's, he's used are looking like they can play. But the team can are not looking like they can play. That's the problem. You're not really. He's not really doing the the job. It's the same way when sometimes I go a, a, a footballer can dribble, but he can't pass. A footballer can dribble, but he can't get you goals or he can't get results. There's no point in a manager being nice. There's no point in a manager promoting kids. There's no point in a manager, you know, making right decisions if we do not see results. If the results not manifest, you're just making right decisions for another person because you're going to get fired. So Ole Gunnar Social needs help and I don't know where the help is going to come because this help is not coming from on high. And when I mean on high, the goals of football set up Liverpool for him next. It's a must-win game. So so for someone like Ole, because I've heard a few fans say mm-hmm. this, saying he probably needs to go back to the formula or the formation he played, the 4-3-3, that maybe that would change. But, but, could, that, could that be a possibility? But, let me be very honest and say this. I do not want to cycle or deeply analyze Manchester United again. I don't have an answer to that question. No, but I mean, but seriously, Mm-mm. could information change? I don't know. Bring about a change. I, I don't know. And why I say I don't know is what are you changing formation if you don't have players? That's another problem this guy has is that he's so, like he doesn't have options. Where does he have a midfield to change? Half of the midfield is injured, half of the defense is injured, half of the strike force is injured. Like he, he has to play the same guys anyway. So that's the problem. Like anyhow you want to analyze it, whether the guy is a tactical novice or not, he doesn't have the squad to do it. Even when he had the squad, he wasn't doing it. So okay, but that's what I'm saying. Let what? the squad comes back. You have your Martial back, you have your Pogba back, your you know, AWB or whatever. Like if you switch formation and in this case people have been saying put Pogba in a, you know, forward position, could that bring about the change? Because there's I, a, I, I there, personally a, feel, and I, and I could be wrong, I personally feel that all United needs to do is just maybe string together two or two, three games, and that would, in, that would, that would kind of kick why, it off for them. There's a reason why um, Boba is playing deep currently. There's a tactical reason why. It, it, it doesn't make sense from, you know, looking at the attacking mind way, but it actually makes sense with counter football because when Boba plays deeper, he's able to take the ball from the defense quicker and release a faster pass over the top, which is part of the plan. Over the top, meaning that Daniel James, Rashford, Marshall on the ball faster, put the defense under pressure and they're able to transition faster. That's one of the reasons why he's playing deeper. McNamara is not going to be able to turn and there's... Um, there's nobody apart from De Bruyne that can drop that pass like that. That's one of the reasons why he's doing it. So I'm just trying to tell you that there's a tactical reason for him playing there. No, we'll he come back and discuss that yeah. later. Because I he don't have a question it, about that, but yeah. we'll discuss he, that you see what I'm trying to say? He switches him up. That means somebody else has to come deeper and carry the ball up to this thing. You don't want Matic to be doing that. Very slow guy. So there's, there's a problem with balance in that midfield. There's a problem with manager being... Because sometimes it's not about even moving a player um, 20 yards forward. Sometimes it's moving, leaving a player where he is, but telling him to do something else. Okay. You know, there's a difference between, for example, Pogba playing in that position. It's a different player if you ask him to turn around and lay the ball off simply. Or once the defense gets the ball, you're only coming down deep to shield, put numbers. Once the defense gets the ball, don't collect the ball. Start running away from the ball. Start running. Because guess what? Him being a big guy that can run, he starts running away, taking players away. So you can shift the ball slowly and he gets the ball up. So there are different ways to play. De Bruyne, for example, comes deep to help defend, but he doesn't always collect the ball deep. Sometimes he lets um, Fernandino carry the ball. Sometimes he's that deep carrying the ball. You know, there are ways to do these things, but when, like I said, when you're in, when you're in the lock of the Irish, n- nothing you do will go well. 
So I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying that I actually think that guy's goose is cooked. Okay. It's a matter of time. How time? If he might it's a change. Of when. It's a matter of when. Okay. Yeah. He, 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 he has to save himself or he's a dead man walking. That's just it. That's why I'm not analyzing it. So, um, so do you think Tottenham can make top? No. Do you think Manchester can make top four? No. Do you think Tottenham can make top six? Yes. Do you think Manchester can make top six? I think one of them will make. Do I think, think I, I don't think Manchester United look worse than Tottenham at the moment. So I, I think they're the one. They're the one I think that will fall out of top six. I think it's good for them not to make top six as a Manchester United fan. I think, um, but for the past two seasons uh, since the Jose Funk started before Jose was fired last year, privately I said that I um, I wanted us to die. Uh, it was easier to get resurrected from the dead than to continue being living dead. We've been living dead for a long time. It's very painful to watch, but um, it has to happen. We have to have a monetary hit that forces the players to rethink. We have to have a everything or the way the whole club is run and i think um, going to europa also gives us a form of um sucks uh, you know uh, uh, some form of success that takes us away from going back to the basics we think things are good okay. it covers things up a little bit so i personally believe that if we don't make um europe if we don't make the champions league would there's really no value making the Europa League right now. Even though people say, guess you back to the Champions League. I want us to make the Champions League. Uh, the Europa League, we're not going to make the Champions League. Then we have to only we get into the Champions League through the league and then we'll focus okay. and build a team that can try and win the league or challenge. Okay. Yeah. I'll just give my own a quick mm. round of opinions. Spurs, I think what is wrong with Spurs is intangibles. The intangibles are clear. And when I mean by intangibles, contract disputes went on with three players. Ericsson, Pentongen, Toby are the weather. I think, I think, um, and this is all speculation for sure, but I know this, the contract was not speculation. It was well written. I think Pochettino wanted clear out during the during summer. Dan Levy, being a businessman, wants to get some money from them. For this clear out, nobody really came in. People that came in for Ericsson, they didn't, uh, Madrid wasn't ready to pay the right money. Toby rejected Atletico. I can't remember, Juve rejected someone because he knows once he runs his contract down, in January he can sign free contract and get all this, instead of getting signing bonus you can get a huge last salary so that across the row between Pochettino, Daniel Levy and the players because Pochettino kind of now doesn't trust the players fully in a, in a sense the players feel kind of feel the same way so they are in that spot that's the one side of it the second side because I think it's sports problems the whole multitude of things there's the intangible side of it and the tangible is both ways for the players now moving to the manager I think what's happened to Pochettino personally with this team is it's got to that cap, that cap that happens to coaches. It happened with Klopp when it was in Dortmund, right? Yeah. Dortmund's finances as at halfway through season they were in the relegation zone and they had to make a run for the last 10, 15 games where they won maybe eight. That's how they ended up finished eighth. And you know, he 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 departed ways. So he has got to that point. And so Alex Ferguson, who I think is the greatest manager of all time, used to say one thing that every squad, every winning squad, or just every squad, you mm-hmm. the best you can get. The best cycle you can get from them is four years. Yeah. After three, every four, three four years, you have to reboot. You have to reboot. You have to freshen it up. Um, this same Tottenham team has been there since so 2014. The key of that, the core of this team. So that, I think that's where that's where they are, in my opinion. Um. So going back to... So that's my uh, opinion mm-hmm. about Spurs. I think they can still make top four, but they have to start winning now. Because yeah. the gap is growing. And they have to start winning now. They are what? They are on 11 points. Um... The person in fourth position is, is it's not that big, but they have to start winning now. Yes. They don't have a choice. They have to start winning now to get back in the form. For Manchester United, 
This feels like a topical. It feels like Groundhog Day. I've talked. I've talked about it so many, so much times. In man. my opinion, uh, my very strong opinion is I think the manager is not up to the task. It is very clear now. Uh, before I was, you know, I was still 50-50. I think the manager is not up to the task. It's clear. But we're much United is stuck in a catch fifty, in a catch twenty-two situation in the sense that the board should not should should at this point in time should not be the same people to hire the next manager. In my opinion, the same people that we hired last four managers, there should be a change there. So even if they are getting rid of the manager, something needs to change upstairs. That doesn't look like it wants to happen. Whether it's for whatever tactical reason that uh, Edward is thinking of, you know, financial reason, and I've heard different theories. There are different fan theories. I'm hearing that it's possible that um, I have a friend who told me this when we were talking yesterday. It's possible that he wouldn't doubt if they're just all the sponsorship and everything coming from the Glazers. It's just a friend doing them a, a solid, you know. It, it doesn't it, make sense. It's it could be it could be anything because in my opinion, it, it, it hold on, hold on, mm-hmm. let me let me land. Mm-hmm. My point is um, when you just look at the the level of failure that's happened for a club this big, and they still, for one, for some reason, just resist. When 18 other clubs in Premiership have director footballs, have some sort of modern structures, and one club just resists it, to say, oh, they, they do not want to do it at any point. And even if they do it, they are going to do it in a submerged. It just smells of either lack of self-awareness and arrogance from the board, which is very common in our hair among financial executives, very common, where they, they know it all, or there's something under the hood they don't want us to see. So personally, from the football side, I do. I think the manager is clearly, in my opinion, is clearly out of the Depth. I, I agree with you. And the way I, the analogy I like to make about where we watch United is from a match United fan just looking in is it's like the analogy is a, a guy dating a girl and during the dating phase, <laughs> you know, uh the girl now from the girl's perspective, the guy is doing all the right things, perfect gentleman, everything's so rosy, everything's nice. And when they either get married or they are not fully in the relationship, all those things we're seeing is open the door, you know, you rub your feet, scoop <laughs> dinner, all of this is gone. And you're now and most most people, which is thing that kind of is very funny to me, from ex fans, most it's a section of the fan base, ex players, sorry, not ex fans, ex players, some of our legends are just towing one single line. Oh, give him time, give him time, give him time. Even though you only give managers time when they show you something and a vision to back. I personally haven't seen any vision based on the style of football I am seeing on the pitch. And this has continued since March. So it just feels like going back to my analogy, a, a woman. Now, let me take another for that. Before she got into that relationship, she was in an abusive relationship. She got out of it, got into another one. The dating phase was so rosy. When it came to that real relationship or wedding or marriage, it became even worse than the one she just came out of. And everybody just saying, oh, don't leave this relationship. Oh. Because you remember, you just left that other relationship. Just stay with this relationship and don't leave. That's how it's much United. And I don't yeah, think they stop, think they're stop, making... Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm Syndrome, exactly. So that's why it's the catch 22 situation where I, the I, board... Should not be the one finding another manager. I and mean, if they're finding a manager, they should go. I'm but the manager know. is clearly out of his depth. So, my opinion is Spurs can't make top four. Let me go back to Spurs. And but United will not. Manchester United definitely is not making top four. In my opinion, I'm definitely not making top six. In my opinion. I think we have overbeaten this matter, but I'm going to say something quickly just from what you said. And um, I don't do conspiracy theories because um, they're never illogical. When logic, Correct. When, whenever something comes, I go for the simplest. Whenever there are multiple explanations, I go for the simplest one because life is always like that life life is lazy yeah. life doesn't do hard things hard 
Correct. So if the Glazers were cheating or hiding money or doing money laundering or whatever, they would have never taken the club public. Taking the club public gives them a chance to be investigated by the SEC, makes them open to people who are looking into them. If they were hidden, they wouldn't have to be declaring all of this. They would just be, just like, for example, Man City and PSG were doing under G financial moves. They were never public. So that's why I don't believe... I really, really know those numbers are true. And the reason why I know that is, for example, there's a small Chilean wine company that makes, um, well, it's not so, they're not so small, but they're, they're big, but they're a Chilean wine company that makes, they're the official wine partner of Manchester United. Okay. I don't drink wine, but I've bought a few bottles of uh, wine before. Whenever I have to go and go to a party and give people wine, I tend to buy it. I tend to buy it, especially when I'm going to Manchester United fans' house. A few times we've gone to people's houses, that's the wine I bought. Okay. You know, um, I basically got some people to know the wine. I know that wine got bigger in Chile because United won, signed on to them. The United signed Sanchez. What I'm trying to say is that United actually has a draw. It's always been like that. But the other thing about it is this arrogance thing you said is true because historically, United is a very arrogant club. Yeah. Historically, United is a long-suffering club. Yeah. United has not had more than 10 or 15 managers in our whole long history because we had about four or five managers that took so much time. You know, 50 years of the 100 so years are two managers. 50 yeah. years Both of two managers. Yeah. So that, that's the thing. And then yeah, after those two managers, between those two managers were relegation, plane crash, this, that, bomb, stadium bombing. United fans have seen so many. That's why these guys are like, Glazers, yeah, I got nothing. They look at Glazers as you will, we will, we will survive you, you will go, but we will not change ourselves because of you. So that's part of why the fans are in Manchester are very chill. They haven't forced the issue. And the Glazers themselves, they're making money, so they don't have, they've always looked at guys that don't want to force the issue. And then the institution of Manchester United is still going to continue running on the way it's always run because Alex Ferguson is still there. Alex Ferguson met the guy that was there for 25 years before him. He came at least 25 years. So these guys are going to continue this chill. It takes time. Chill. It takes time. It will have, that's why I keep saying that something, only something drastic can change that club. It's the truth because it's in our culture to chill. We've seen suffering. The fans have seen suffering. The man Managers, the club has that long ethos, that ethos of waiting for managers. They have it. So they have that thing of, you know, local player, all these things. They have it. It's in their blood. So they won't just wake up overnight and, mm, what is this? Yeah. Five years? Five years? Nah, this is nothing. They're looking, basically, let me be honest to you, right? The master-based fans are looking at what's going on as, on Twitter as a disgrace. That's why you see people go back and say, shut up. When people are saying, oh, they are, or this, or that, they say, shut up. They, they literally see them challenging guys. Please, stop it. You cannot see a, a, a demonstration in the stadium. They hardly boot the managers. They hardly, you know, like... Yeah, they were present, I mean, for a case in fact, when Mourinho came back, what game was that? Was that against Chelsea? Yeah, oh, positive. He yeah. was in the stadium. Yeah, part of the Sky Sports. Yeah. They, they were singing his name. Yeah, yeah. 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 this is a manager that yeah. you know yeah. Yeah. So that's abuse the heritage of the club yeah. openly. <laughs> they still love. Um, they still love uh, LVG. Yeah. They still love LVG. I still love LVG. Yeah, I'll say that. I, yeah. mean, I thought he was a good coach. But... Yeah, that's that's so our that's EPL the... roundup. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's understandable. So yeah, let's do a quick dart to La Liga and just touch quick touch points. So La Liga, Real Madrid is first, eighteen points. Barcelona is second, sixteen points. Your boy, Jean Felix. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I love this game. I love this game, bro. I love this game. I love this game. Because all I'm going to say about La Liga is this. Yeah, and they're not scoring goals. Your boy, that's it. They're not scoring goals. Let me just be honest and raise my hands up because this is an egg in face moment, man. Like, 
Honestly, I did not know Real Madrid was going to do this well. So, I mean, the last time we're here, we're saying, we're talking about how it was uh, Atletico's year. If Atletico wanted to do it, this yeah, was yeah. going to be their year. And it looked like Atletico was going to do it. But Correct. It's not like it's that way. I mean, I think people are allowed to change opinion based on evidence. No, I, I, no, no, in front of you. no I can, you can change your video, opinion because of evidence, but you also have to admit when you're wrong. Correct. Right. It looked, it looked. I mean, they are still struggling in Champions League, though. They are. They still are struggling. So they're not out of the woods yet. Yeah, they're not out of the woods, but we said, I said that okay. Barcelona looked better than them. Correct. I said that. And they did look better than them. I said that Atletico were looking better than them. Correct. They were looking terrible. Yeah. And now they're looking better than each of those teams. Correct. That's so true. you got to say, in, and this wasn't like, this was something I said in August. Yeah. I'm right. So, or, or the, no, it wasn't in August. Champions League, I said it when I said that. Correct. So it was September. September 13th, the weekend after September, when we did the, La- after the, the, the September podcast. Yeah. So it's been a month. And so that's the other thing. Maybe, you know, maybe I should, I, I should, uh, but you know what they say it's never over until the fat lady sings yes. so there's still time yeah, because so it's just what a difference of three points between the two of them correct all it takes is one game that's right and it's 30 games left yeah. 30 games left yeah so there's, there's still games, games left but, you know, games, but, I mean yeah. I, I'm I'm watching I, you know I'm, but if you want to look at attention. if you want to look at form these guys have won four drawn one in their last no. five I, I would say though, real quick, my, my own summary, uh, Madrid look uh, better, Benzema seems to have hit form, it looks like uh, Zidane has found some solutions, and that's one thing I always say about good coaches, great coaches, good coaches, great coaches, find solutions to temporary problems, they find those solutions, and there's this kid, Valverde, from their, uh, I think he's a youth kid, and he went on load, came back, he's playing as an extra midfielder, he has found a solution in that midfield, which I've always thought was their major problem, like we've talked about it at the pace, you know, even... Yeah. Um, um, as I said in this clip I found on Bean Sports, he said it in this clip where he talked about the quality of the squad. It's, not, it's less of a Zidane problem, but the quality of the squad, in the sense those players have grown older and the quality that they provided has reduced because of age and just, just form sometimes. So, for example, he doesn't play Modric again. He plays Cruz, Casemiro, and Falverde. That's what he plays now. And what he does is, towards the end of the game, Cruz goes out, Modric comes in. That's that's typically what he's what he's mm-hmm. doing to find those solutions to pace, power, and and skill. So those are the things he's found to get that balance, which is why I think it's impressive. That's for real much. For Barcelona, I think they struggled. They are still kind of struggling the way they move the ball. I like watched their game against Inter, and they are still really, as always, heavy, yeah. heavy dependent yeah. on Messi. Suarez has found form the last couple of games and he's scoring some some crazy miraculous yeah. goals. Messi, what was Messi? He was injured. But I think it's getting over his hamstring injury. I mean, you know when Messi gets into the flow. There's one thing though. I mean, I'm impressed that Valverde is trusting that 60 year old kid, Fatty, who's playing well. Yeah. But and also he's now has the boldness to start dropping Busquets. Busquets doesn't play, doesn't start anymore. So instead he's playing De Young. That guy's still playing. Yeah, still playing. It's, instead of Busquets, playing De Young, um, um, Vidal and Arthur. Mm-hmm. Arthur was the guy that everybody was saying was going to be next and mm-hmm. it was that good. But now he's tr- that. Com- midfield combination is it looks like a better combination. combination for them and they're moving the ball at least much quicker than they were earlier in the season so again I will go back to say good coaches they try to find solutions I know Valverde mm-hmm. gets a lot of stick from Barcelona fans but I, I think he's a, he's a good coach yeah, Atletico but but, but, but you, you find the solutions when you have options no? correct that's true yeah. that's true I agree that's true um, a job to Atletico Atletico look really dry I've won their games they've 
beginning of the season, they started this thing where they, they said they wanted to be attacking team. Yeah. I was watching yeah. the way they scored some goals yeah. in the Champions League. But now it seems they've reverted back to type. They're playing very defensive football. <laughs> they play a lot of 0 0 1 goal games and they sit back. Once, once <laughs> from bad form hits, you revert to default. Correct. And one, I think that's, that's where they had us. Bad ones that they reverted to default. So, back to the, default. So. Just giving him a few more games. Let's see what happens. I mean, they're not scoring goals. They're third, but they're not really scoring goals. Well, they're not really considering. Today, today is the 13th of October. Yeah. We were in the international break, October international break. There'll be a November international break. We'll probably be recording. I think that's the one before um, Thanksgiving. Yeah. We'll probably be recording a podcast then. And um, yeah. we'll review it again. Yeah, we'll, yeah, see, sure. we'll see how... I mean, are. I'm really worried. I'm just... I just want player. That's where I really care. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. That's, that's it. Right, but I, we're just let's, you know. Let's jump. Let's jump to Italian league. Um, Juve. Look at it's now back. Tell me top. something new. <laughs> just, just tell me something new. Uh, I mean, it feels like you can take the screenshot uh-huh. this time last season after seven games. Just and watch it again. Post it again and just <laughs> nothing changed. You know, rinse repeat. The, rinse, the repeat. only change is is um, what's their name? My, Napoli are struggling a little bit. They are fourth right now. Inter have done extremely well, man. Yeah, They've they done, done extremely well. well. I, I uh, give kudos to uh, Antonio Conte. Yeah, I think that guy is almost a magician, in my opinion. That guy is the one guy that goes into teams and just sorts everything out. But Antonio Conte feels like a, he's. It looks like he's sorting his typical like a temporary thing. It doesn't always look like a yeah, because long term thing. Yeah. Correct. I, I, I mean, which sometimes you know, Jubi, some, some of these things that's, that's what you need. Correct. Antonio Conte. Personally, reminds me of I like to call Antonio Conte Jose 2.0, in my opinion. And I say 2.0, I think it's a better version of this version. Like, correct me for the Jose stance. Come and at me on Twitter and this thing. <laughs> Just to clear, the, this version of Jose, I know that Jose achieved more than him in his in his, in his peak because I think he's on the decline. This version of jo- of Jose Mario Antonio Conte is a 2.0 in the sense that he works very well with ready-made experienced players and he knows how to go into a team, find solutions, sort the team out and find a way where they function optimally. If one might not be beautiful, if one might be very pragmatic, but he's, he's a basic... Um, Italian manager. He's a basics. I call him a basics manager. Um, I was watching some Sarri ball training recently okay. and I started laughing because I could imagine trying to get players on my team to play like that. <laughs> Basically, from the triangle of midfielders. Okay. And the, sorry, it's a rectangle of midfielders, and they kept passing diagonally or at the angle or the angles of the four, diagonally, just passing, 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 passing. Then one of the four, this midfielder has now released the ball either over the defense or through a true ball to What's the What's it defender. what I said? The yeah, one I said, said that's what okay. I said to me. And I said, I'm laughing because Antonio Conte, I don't think Antonio Conte would ever set up a training where people are going to do 20 passes or 10 passes before they release a forward pass. What is that? What kind of football is that? That's that guy. You know what I'm trying to say? One pass to the side and one pass forward. Or two passes to the side. Correct. One pass forward. There's nothing like five, six touches here. What are you touching the ball here for? Go and score. To be fair to, if to be fair, just mm-hmm. to jump in. Yeah. Hazard did say that he's the most tactical manager has worked in his Ooh. life, Antonio Conte. Yeah, because basics, there's one simple thing about basics, in, 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 you know, in tactics is this, right? Basic tactics are great and reactive. And what I mean reactive is you set up your team. Yeah. I come and set up my team to counter what you set up. Correct. So give you an example. You're a high-pressed team. I set up a, a team to play long ball. Yeah. 
good example. This guy won the league with one pass. He won the league with a one pass, one punch game. Over the top, Diego Costa. Over the top, Diego Costa. Nod it down. How's that? How's that? One punch. What? Let teams keep coming on to us. Let teams keep coming on to us. Teams were like, okay, he read that. Basically, if I let them keep coming, they will try and hit me fast. They make a mistake. I score. They won't stop coming. Now they have to score. They will stop coming. My this thing is going to work. So he he develops that kind of thing. The same thing now. He seems to have developed this system where Lukaku is a limited striker. When I mean limited, he doesn't. You don't want him touching the ball, but you want him attacking the ball. So I have great crosses. I think that was one of the reasons why he actually wanted Lukaku. I have Correct. great crosses. So all we gotta do is find a way to get the ball to these guys and get this boy, these guys to cross early, cross early. And he plays somebody, he plays a 4 4 2. Yes. Somebody's lateral Martinez yes. plays to clean up alongside. Yes. That's person with the skill, the yes. touch, the finish. Doing the clean up, yeah. walk. This That's guy true. is just there, just at battery ram, attack, attack the ball, attack the ball. The clean up guy is there. The guy to feed him is there in case the ball has to be neat because the guy can still score. So that, that's what I'm trying to say. That's basics. It's one of the reasons why he didn't work out at Chelsea because Chelsea wanted more than basics. They wanted good, they wanted expansive soccer expansive. and all of that, yeah. So I, I, I think um, he, he's a guy that eventually, he doesn't, I wouldn't say he gets found out. He just gets burned out because his design intensity is a lot of hard work. Country people takes the toll on the manager, takes the toll on the players because you have to keep preparing every game. You Correct. have to keep working. And so, but he's a hard worker and... Um, I expect him to do well. I don't know if he will achieve what Inter wants him to achieve. Inter wants him to get a Champions League, but I don't know. You know, they want to win the league. They want to win the league, yes. Champions League to... No, sorry, not Champions League. They want to win the league. So yeah, that's, that's, the, the that's league. what... Yes, that, I think yes, that's the goal they gave him. They, 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 they are close. They look good. Yeah. They look good. I watched their game. This is their yeah. first loss. Yeah. They, they look like a team that is very hard to beat. But yeah, also, hard to beat, yes. They're also a team that don't create as much. So yeah. they're stuck in that place. So yeah, I think that's... That's, that's Italian League. Pretty much. Um, Inter, Juve, Juve is Juve, Sari. I mean, the guy, everybody's stepping up. Ronaldo, Higuain, Ramsey, Napoli, just look. Eh, they look hit or miss. They play well in the league, in the in Europe. They struggle in the league, I think. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much. You can just stop PSG. PSG look okay. They've, I think they won their two games in Champions League, you know. The Neymar's suspended, so they've thrived without Neymar. The Maya's been stepping up. So, I... I think we've come maybe quickly to the end. Yeah. To the end of the show. We'll do our next uh, episode after the international break come. It's mm-hmm. over. Next time we'll come back, we'll be reviewing all the games, the Liverpool yeah. games and where the league is at that point yeah. in time. Okay, if you are listening to this, uh you like our content, uh, you can find us on Spotify, you can find us on iTunes and you know you can skip listen to other content on YouTube, website. Uh, fullyfantasy.com iTunes is the Fully Fantasy Podcast on iTunes and uh, Spotify so thank you give us a like share subscribe follow Uchi send us your questions please okay send us your questions send us questions uh, on Twitter Twitter handle is footy at fantasy our footy fantasy is the name so send us your questions Twitter YouTube uh, and even you can leave comments for us on the iTunes Leave us the ratings also. Five, five stars, stars yes. <laughs> That helps us grow our content. Thank you. If we don't deserve it, let us know why we don't deserve it. <laughs>